Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall later when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I've got some exciting news to share. I've launched a super powerful training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I show you how you can boost your profits by 45% in just 30 days. Just by following a simple three-step method that doesn't require you chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending additional money on marketing, hiring more staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out for free at 30dayprofitbooster.com. All right, listeners, you have a treat in store for you. So Matthew Davis is an attorney and entrepreneur led his solely owned firm, Davis Business Law, through over this, get this, a thousand percent growth over seven years, making it one of the very rare law firms ever to make the Inc. 5000 list, two years in a row and counting. The firm currently has seven offices stretching from Austin to Kansas City. He has uh, presented his programs to groups such as the Inc. 5000 Master's Class and Young Presidents Organization Global Forum. He is also a regular that appears on podcasts and other media. Inc. Magazine published his first book, and I love this name, this is fantastic, The Art of Preventing Stupid in 2019. And this soon-to-be-released follow-up, Strong Protected Business, that's slated for publication just this year. Matt and his wife, Allison, have five kids, three that are biological, one adopted from Russia, and the youngest adopted from Ethiopia. Wow, he's got a generous heart as well. And he's also an accomplished guitarist, and and his rock band, (laughs) The Geriatric Steel, is about to hit the recording studio to record their first album of original hard rock songs for the middle age and beyond with titles like Get Off My Lawn and Been There, Done That. Oh my goodness, this is probably the best bio I've ever heard. Matt, I'm so glad to have you on Profit with the podcast. Thanks. I am thrilled to be here. And uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about the little rock band. So I love it. I love it. So how many guys in your band? Three, just three of us. Three. And are you the front? I am. And I, yeah, I, I, I didn't really want to be the singer and I ended up being the singer. Look, I got a really cool guitar here. Look at that. There's a. Oh, yeah. Shredder. Gibson V right there. So. Like it. That's that's my office guitar. That's that's got that's a what couple you, of those. That's what you play when you're trying to calm down, right? You play a little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or... Having a good, you know, having a guitar and an amp has kept me from killing some people on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> so. The art of preventing stupid, right? That's, yeah. That's it right there. Wowzer. Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a fun interview. I'm so excited to have you on the show. 
Um, you know, I, I would ask the, the, the normal question, hey, how'd you get into law and why is that important? But I think your personality is so much better. How in the world did you learn? What, what was the trigger to get you into a rock band playing guitar? Oh, well, I, you know, I was a kid, as we all were. That's amazing how that happens, right? <laughs> I was a kid and uh, I just picked up, I was in orchestra and then they, they, um, I had to get out of orchestra to stay in the uh, advanced placement classes in high school. Not that I was studying in high school. And, um, and I just, I, I, so I picked up the guitar and it, it, it came just natural to me. And, you know, we played in rock bands then and, you know, hard rock bands back, back in the day, I had hair longer than yours. I was just going to say, did you have the mullet or did you have? No, the- I just had the hair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had the hair. And um, and then I played in indie bands in college, and uh, then I, I was a guitar player in a black church for seven years, which was a lot of fun. Wow! And, and then um, we just we were some buddies, and I were messing around, and um, we played at one of our farm retreats. And then my son goes, "Hey, why don't you start writing hard rock songs for middle age and beyond?" And I'm like, "That's the best idea I've ever heard." Because there's so much more to talk about and be frustrated about and and life experiences and and so and aspirations. And laugh about. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're, you know, we've got teenage daughter and which is you know, a song that just kind of writes itself. And uh and gosh, I mean uh, what else do anyway, but one about, you know, I'm gonna come trash your house when you know when you grow I love up. It. It's it's life, you know, it's just about it's life. So fun. I can't wait to say I knew you when and now you're <laughs> famous as you know, Eddie Van Halen. You're gonna go on the road and 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 play your play your jam. I can't wait to hear it. Well, thanks. It's gonna yeah. be great. That's my wife says, You're serious, aren't you? I said, Yeah, I'm completely serious. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's my she could be your first groupie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, she, she, you know, she tolerates me. She's not as amused with me as, you know, we've been married 27 years tomorrow. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. That's great. You know, there's, there's a whole nother story there is, is how you survive marriage, right? Um, Uh, Yeah. I I, I failed at that myself, but you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's how it goes. It's how it goes. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk here a little bit about business and scaling your business because You've done a lot. I mean, your message said that in seven years, you went a thousand percent growth. You have a fantastic culture in your company and it's seven or or seven locations. How did you come around doing that? And what do today's business owners need to do for their business to kind of have that that feeling of success? Well, now let's let's be clear and let's let's narrow down. okay? and I know this is near and dear to your heart which is, you know, the professional service firms, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, doctors, lawyers, as we say out here in Oklahoma, Indian chiefs. And um, (laughs) that's actually an old song from the 1940s. I was listening to (laughs) the 40s station on Sirius XM or whatever it's called. And and there was a song called that. But, um, you know, it's really common with dentists anymore, um, you know, architects, engineers, and so on. Oddly enough, we have a client that is a professional services firm and they're archaeologists, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, go, go fish. Bones. Go fish on that. But the thing is, whenever um there's a, a, fe- a project with any federal money, 
involved, they they have to have an archaeologist <laughs> go, go do a study. And and you know, I learned an enormous amount about archaeology working with these people. Okay, it's so not just Jurassic see. Park, right? That's yeah, that's right. And although it was fascinating, I love that guy. We'd just sit and talk for hours. He was horrible for my business because I couldn't charge him for the time we were talking with talking about you know finding this site or that site. Okay, so professional service firms, and and yes, it all that you hit the key denominator. It's about culture. It's about building a culture where people want to work. And, you know, you, you have to be a grown up. You have to have the the compensation package that works for them. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's that simple. And that generally means let's be a grown up business, meaning let's have the 401k. Let's have health insurance. Let's have all those offerings that employees expect. But beyond that, it's a battle for talent. Mm-hmm. And. And it's a battle of being a place that, you know, you can serve them. Our first core value of our law firm is believe and protect their dreams. Okay. Well, it's even better than you think. And I'm not trying to be smart about it, but um, if you look at it this way, let's look at that internally, you know, the, From a strategic perspective, let's look at it internally. You know, Richard Branson teaches, if you take care of your employees, they'll take care of your customers, right? And so we we run scaling up, which, you know, is traction or scaling up or, you know, entrepreneurs operating. There's there's several different varieties, flavors of that. We run scaling up. And I looked at all their forms and, you know, they have all their strategy forms and I'm like, you know, I finally realized, okay, great. We can have all this brilliant external strategy that differentiates us, which we have a lot of, but how do we how do we treat our employees differently? And and the real question is, this is what I ask, by the way, when we're recruiting somebody is, can I believe and protect their dreams? What are their dreams? What do they want? What do they want their career to look like? What do they want their work life balance to work look like and you know that's absolutely critical and when you can get that right with your professionals and then also get that because I, I I wrote our our strategy of you know in, internal how do we believe and protect our attorney's dreams mm-hmm. right and then staff <laughs> and part of the staff dream is just not working with jerk attorneys, right? So we just don't hire any jerk attorneys. And there's plenty of jerk attorneys out there, right? Yeah. So, you know, we just, we hire very down to earth, um, sensible, unpretentious attorneys. We just don't tolerate anybody else, you know? And so it it sounds like, it sounds like you're building out something of a, you know, um, business of choice, right? Or an employer of choice, right? Where you're building a place that someone wants to work at because they feel like they have created or they're part of something, right? And that their dreams and values are important to you as it is to them. Yeah. I like that. It's it's absolutely true because, um, yeah, if, you know, and, you know, it's like we hired 
Dixie and she was working for one of the big Oklahoma City firms and her billing quota was nine and a half hours a day, which means she's working 12, right? Or more. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Dixie, we can take that down to six. I can match the salary. And, and you know, she's increased in salary since then. And she's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, because we run like a business. You know, most law firms are run like a bunch, uh, run like a fraternity with about as much sense as a fraternity and not all, but a lot of them. And so, you know, the idea is, look, I can believe and protect your dreams better than they can. Of course, now she's happy. She's more relaxed. She's gone off, had two little babies, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and- And works harder. It it probably more effective and efficient in her time because she's getting that balance and fulfillment that she wanted, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. And and I'm almost positive that your clients are feeling that as well rather than going- looking at their watch going, can you hurry up on that answer? I know you're charging me by every three minute mm-hmm. increment. So <laughs> let's keep going here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You, you nailed it. Now, in contrast, um, we hired uh, an attorney, um, thought it was going to work out. And he started um, January 1st. And um, he called me two days ago. It's, you know, two months into the year. Right. And he said, well, you know, I had a, my, friend called me, wants me to come work for his medical malpractice firm. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I don't want you if you don't want to be here. Yeah, that's exactly what you're swinging. Yeah. He said, well, I I think maybe I ought to take it. I said, I think you should. Mm -hmm. I said, I'll call you tomorrow. Tell tell you when your last day is. We're not going to discuss this any further. And, um, you know, then he calls my COO later that evening and is trying to take it back and we're like no don't let the door no. hit you in the behind buddy no and he's gone no. we had him gone by noon yesterday because wow we're like look if you're not a cultural fit for us hit the road because that could be incredibly toxic if he's not fully there fully present engaged and doing the work to the best of his his ability then you don't have the employee that you want and if he's thinking, oh, wishwash, I should go. Maybe I shouldn't go. I should go. Maybe I shouldn't go. You know, go. We don't want you. I think that's the strongest move you could have made. So yeah. I agree 100%. And, you know, there's a couple that, you know, corollaries or, on it. or what, whatever you would call You know, I don't <laughs> know who said this, but it's true. The gift you can give to A players on your team is to not tolerate B and C players. Yep. Right? You just get rid of, them. and yeah. um, and, and you know, uh, spend time hiring up front. But you know exactly. Sure. Also down the line of what you're talking about, I love this little bit. Are you acquainted with Henry Cloud's work? Mm. He's the he's a um, I think he's a Christian author, but he all, he wrote. He's the guy that con- did the concept of boundaries. He's kind of the guy. If that was one word, that would be his word. And he has another thing he talks about, about people who are should heads. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Obviously a play on word, which is kind of funny, given, you know, his, his background. And, but he talks about these people that are just go through life going, well, I don't know if I should really put my heart in this. I don't know if I really should do this. And they never commit. They never make the decision yeah. to sit down and be great where they are. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I talk about that in our firm. I have a print of a Jan Vermeer painting downstairs. I don't know if you know anything about Jan Vermeer, but I tell our staff when they come in here, I say, look, do you know who that is? And they go, no, I have no idea. I said, that's a Jan Vermeer painting. They go, it's fantastic. I said, yeah, it's fantastic. Jan Vermeer never left his hometown. Be great where you are, right? Yeah. Commit, be great. And and they go, oh, this guy's a little crazy, but we like him. Or if they don't say that, <laughs> we get rid of him. So I'm sorry, I don't feel like we get rid of everybody, but. <clears throat> no, but you know what? I think that that's really important for the success of the company. You know, you mentioned the A and B players. You mentioned, you know, that that Richard Branson says that, you know, if you take care of your client, your your employees, they'll take care of your customers, which is the ultimate goal of any business is to have more customers, you know, get the get the register ringing, however that is but do it from a space that you feel good about. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you can only do that when your team is on board and your team feels the same way, genuinely feels the same way about the mission of your company. And, and that's a, a common <clears throat> problem in professional service space. Right. In, in the, because we're thinking, First of all, labor is such a challenge right now of finding talent that can do the job and and are able to do it within everybody's parameters, right? The income, the location, the on-site, off-site, the on-country, off-country, wherever it is, Mm -hmm. and still get that done. So that's what I hear in my circles is the ability to find talent. But when you do and you're able to nurture that in a way, like you're saying, you get such better results that impact exponentially down the road to your customers, to your community, to your family and friends and, and, and so on. So I think it's, I think it's the perfect recipe. Um, Yeah. And, and you have to be willing, you know, I say this is maybe a sexist way of saying it, but you have to be willing to show some leg and so, so some personality (laughs) and, and and be comfortable with who you are and just tell the rest of the world to kiss off. Yeah. Um, Own your space. We well, what I'm what I'm getting to is um, you know, our culture is 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 on one hand casual. I mean, we're hardcore professionals, and you know, everybody that fights with us knows we'll duke it out. But you know, I was jazzing with one of the Wichita firms the other day or talking to him and I was calling these two guys the Wonder Twins, and they're kind of a prissy firm, and they were not impressed with me. And I'm just like, come on, boys, get over yourselves. Um, but where we start is we, we use a book called Hiring for Attitude. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Fantastic, fantastic book. And it, you know, it talks about when you run your ads, make it real clear, write them from a almost a narrative point. And be descriptive about who you are. And I mean, you know, most law firm ads will read like, hey, would you like to wear a gray suit and be a douchebag to humanity? <laughs> you know, that's that's what they sound like. A prestigious <laughs> law firm, blah, blah, blah. And then our starts, hey, would you actually like to help people and work with people that you love and have a normal work-life balance? But if you're an Eeyore, don't bother applying, you know? Right. And, and at that point, I either have them or I don't. 
That's right. That's fantastic. And so incredibly unusual for the law firms that I know, and I'm in, I'm in many circles of legal folks uh, through provisors. And um, I see, I see their personalities, but I also see that their business, you know, doesn't necessarily reflect their personalities. And I think that that hurts them in the long run. Um, so I love it that you're embracing this and em embodying it. Um, and, and it is a core function of how you, how you work and how you live and, and use that culture in that. So let's talk about those other companies out there, not necessarily the, the law firms, but we're talking about scaling up, right? And I know that the challenge always comes in with the first mindset that, you know, we're a highly technical professional organization. We do something that we learned in school, figured out, have credentials for, and we do it, right? And that's really hard to scale when you're swinging the hammer every day. How do you help this, this type of business to think like a business, right? And bring on other people to do the work for you so that you could maybe sell it someday, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, you asked me the question directly, so I will tell you. First thing I do is I hand them a copy of Michael Gerber's E-Myth Revisited. Love it. And I say, let's understand the distinction between, I, I did this with a plumber the other day, okay? You know, maybe that's not as high up the education. It's still account, a service. It's the same thing. And, you know, his name's Dakota. And I said, Dakota, he asked me, how do I do this? I said, let's start here and then come see me. Read this book and come see me, okay? And, you know, you have to understand the difference between the technical work, the managerial work, and the entrepreneurial work. And, you know, I went from being just a solo practice attorney, just me, frankly, working out of my house, which was great. You know, I have five kids. It was fun. And and they really didn't bother me much. And, um, and you know, I, I read that book and I said, oh, OK, I start to get this. And guess what? It's hard work figuring out how to, you know, become the manager. And, you know, the mm -hmm. manager is the minder, right? I like the, mm -hmm. the other way of saying that is the, the entrepreneur is the finder, the manager is the minder, and the technician is the grinder, right? And <laughs> Perfect. Um, and so, you know, it you have to step out of the technical work and step up into the managerial work. Mm -hmm. And that's minding all that and making sure it's get minding the technical work making sure it's getting done. And when you have that, understand that distinction, you can start to push yourself in ways, you know, and then the entrepreneurial work is how do you get the business, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how do you find those opportunities? And, you know, that's mostly what I do these days. Um, you know, I do a lot of speaking and podcasts get to do this. This is fun, but I do some management. I, I still do a little technical work. And, and I think, hang on a second, I think that's the mindset that if you step out of the technical, that doesn't mean you can't go and cherry pick a client that you want to work with to keep yeah. your to keep your knife sharp, right? You can yeah. cross borders with it, but your intentional focus needs to be or, you know, maybe you need to bring other experts in to do the managerial 
um, bring, you know, be part of the entrepreneurial guideline. There's no cut and dry saying that you can never have to, you'll never be able to practice a case ever again. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I got lucky in this regard. Um, one of my friends was retiring from the Air Force and I've known him forever. I don't even know where I know him from. And um, but he was the number 10 JAG officer. So the number 10 attorney in the U.S. Air Force. Wow. And he's retiring as a bird colonel. And I'm like, what are you going to do? He says, well, I don't know. I said, well, why don't you come back to Oklahoma and you can hang out out at the ranch with your dad on the weekends and help me run the law firm. And he's like, yeah, well, OK, that, you know, there he does most of the management of the firm got me out of that. And by the way, my friend who runs basically my same law firm I run, but runs it from Wall Street. He's like, where did you find that guy? And so we're, we're trying to help him. You know, we're literally helping him recruit his CLO. But yeah, I mean. I can wander around and I hop into these cases with my attorneys. It's kind of a team bonding experience. So, you know, I'm doing a case in Wichita with John and Jason and I were just working on a couple deals in Fort Worth. And uh, Mike and I were doing a deal down in Austin the other day. So I just kind of stick my nose in and, and help them out. And, you know, it's fun for me because I do like the law. But sure. I, I also like being the entrepreneur and and all that. I love it. I love it. So it's 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 taking those three classifications and figuring out what you want to do most of and then sprinkling in on the other ones and then hiring places that maybe you didn't want to do. Because a lot of people don't like managing people and managing the team. So then you bring in your bird colonel, right? And and he takes over the running of it, like 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 the ship it needs to be, or the the aircraft it needs to be. Um, but <clears throat> he's doing the stuff that needs to be done. And there are certain skill sets and mindsets that are really good in that space, and not everybody is. And recognizing that is is a real talent for the owner of the company to be able to see and and act upon. Um, I know that we all stress because, you know, we're wearing too many hats at the same time and trying to be all things to all people. And, and I think for companies to truly grow, right, you have to have the client base to grow. Then you have to build out the structure to handle the clients that are coming in. That's called scaling, right, which is what you're describing, putting the people and processes in the right place, right? Right. It sounds and, and, so you know, simple. Well, it's it, so simple. Here's here's <laughs> a skill set that people do really poorly with that when they're trying to do that. And this this is skill set you gotta learn. Okay. Um, there's a difference between delegation and abdication. <laughs> okay. No, absolutely. I mean you you're you're laughing at me, but you know not you're 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 laughing knowingly. I'm, I'm agreeing. Yes. And, you know, abdication is, hey, go handle this. And delegation in, in the roughest form is, OK, here's the number I want you to achieve. Mm -hmm. Right. And here's here's the KPI and key performance indicator. You know what that means. Mm -hmm. And 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 then here's the feedback loop of how we're going to do it. So, 
you know, for instance, um, we do some digital marketing, right? And, um, you know, with reviews, I said to Katrina, you are responsible for reviews. We're very big on you are responsible for, okay? Own that spot. Yep. Love it. Yeah, own it. And don't have more than one person own it, you know, because if everybody thinks somebody else is doing it, then nobody's doing it, right? Okay. <laughs> yes. It's it's true. <laughs> and and you know, I'm like, here's here's what I expect. Here's the tracker. You know, here's here's where we are with this number of reviews. Go figure out how we get the rest of them. I don't care how you do it within the bounds of the law and ethics. Go do it. And by the way, people love just getting a number to go beat and and go do it. Yeah. And it's empowering to them. And those are the people you want working for you. Those are the A players, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, then I love that. We're gonna look at this every month, you know. Same thing with our finance people. Here's, you know, here's what I want the collection rate to be within 30 days of, you know, so if here's, here's what we build in February, I want 95% or more of that collected by, you know, 1st of April, 30 days after the end of the month. And they're like, okay, we got it. We'll go do it. See you later. Check back in in a month. That's delegation versus, hey, go have fun, kids. No. And see, that's a huge, that's a huge situation that you said, is a learned skill and many business owners haven't figured that one out yet, right? Either they micromanage the job so that the employee cannot develop their own skill set to be able to think for themselves, or they go the polar opposite and say, go do it. And then they've set no expectations, no ground rules, no, 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 no rules that should be followed to, to get them the success. But I think there's, like you said, there's that happy medium of going, I want you to figure it out, right? This is the best team member you have that can figure things out. Mm -hmm. I want you to do it in these parameters and then come back and tell me about it. That was perfect. Yeah, well, and actually, I'm going to take it one step further. Build the feedback loop. We're going to look at this every month or we're going to look at this every week or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, build the food feedback loop. Show me the number because... You know, another really important thing, it's it's dovetails right into what you were talking about. And Daniel Pink teaches about this in Drive. The, the things in the new economy that people love, and this is what employers need to get, they want autonomy in their work. They want to be able to go figure it out for themselves. And they want the opportunity to master something. Because those A players, they they get a thrill out of figuring it out and just becoming ninjas at what they're doing. Right. And and then and then getting the kudos at the end, whether that's a pay or a, a attaboy or Johnny did this or or whatever it is. But and that's the mind shift that you know today's today's employment space uh, environment is missing. Right. That these new the, the workforce today that wants to work from home or work from a different location or the things yeah. that they want to do, that's a really important part of it is giving them the tools and the ability to succeed on their own. Yeah. And, you know, Nat, my right hand lawyer that, you know, works for, you know, to us, not so much for me anymore, you know, naturally lives in Portland, Oregon, right? And, you know, I live in West Oklahoma, but, you know, she and she just it's like Ash and, you know, 
somebody, our CFO, first time, the one we had for Tricia, Tricia, or anyway, sorry, <laughs> teasing you. And um, she uh, she asked me once, she says, what does, what does Ashley do? You pay her a lot of money. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I just send her emails that say, handle this crap, right? Now, which sounds like abdication, right? But I know we talk all the time, so it wasn't really. But, you know, she's just going to take it and she's going to crush it, right? And that's, I think that's why she loves, I'm going to have to ask her now, why do you love working for us? But, I, you know, she just gets to grow and, you know, she just renegotiated an 85-year-old deal between one of our clients and one of the big oil companies. I mean, you know, and you know, 100, 100 page contract. And, you know, they're just like, she's a killer. I'm like, oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, funny, if you do ask her why she stays and works for you, there's your ad for the hiring the guy that you just let go, right? This is this is your next employment ad. Because oh. that's what everybody's looking for is that kind of, you know, at least Some that's what that's what the people you want to duplicate, right? Yeah, some of them. You know, I don't know what was wrong with that kid, but um, you know, uh, missed opportunity for him. Oh, he's going to be hungry in a few months, and he's he's hopefully not smart enough to call me back. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny, Matt. This has been a fantastic conversation about growing your company, in particular, professional service organizations, which. You know, so many are there in so many different shapes, flavors, forms, variations, you know, that any business owner that's not a maybe even a manufacturing firm is going to understand how this can help them scale and grow and create an environment that is attractive to their mm -hmm. ideal employer, yeah. employee, and yeah. therefore their clients and the environment and you know it's just it's perfect thank you yeah well we've uh we've been blessed and i've got a lot of smart people working for us because i don't know i seem to attract them so wow and 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 you're a little standoffish so i can see why you're attractive to them you know you, you you're not friendly and open and you know so. <laughs> <clears throat> just kidding yeah. So anyways, Matt, where can listeners find out more about you and your organization? I know you're just, uh, you're not selling anything. You're just talking about culture and stuff, but where can listeners find out more yeah. about you? Go over, you know, our website's davisbusinesslaw.com. And by the way, there's a really cool thing. I was just speaking about this Monday, two days ago. Um, over in our resources tab, there's a strong protected business checklist. That's really handy for a lot of businesses because we broke it down by the size of the business and we reverse engineered a big list of things that get our clients in trouble. So if you want a checklist of how to not come to your attorney with problems, but what we like, we like working with clients with opportunities. How about that? Everybody's like, why do you guys give away so much free information? I'm like, because we'd rather work with people on their opportunities because they're a lot more fun to work with. My attorneys are a lot happier and they use us again because they're like, oh, wow, they helped us make money rather than just getting this out of a scrape. So anyway, davisbusinesslaw.com is the website. Resources love tab. Love it. Love it. You know, and that makes sense. If you get them out of trouble, they're not often, they shouldn't often be in trouble. 
but there's always opportunities coming. So that's a reoccurring business model <laughs> in my yeah. mind. So I love that you're looking at the positive side for it. So awesome. Hey, listeners, gosh, I hope you found a couple of ideas that can help you grow your business and be more profitable in your business. I know I did. Matt is just a wealth of information and experience um, that I think is fresh, right? And he's not the old stuffy attorney. You know, he brings in some light and joy about situations that we all need to face as growing organizations. So go download his resources. Make sure your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed so you can look for the opportunities. Love it. And while you're at it, if you're interested in doing a 45% boost to your net profit in just 30 days, I'm the gal. Don't think it's possible? Check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is a quick and easy profit boosting strategy that can be done without spending more on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And Matt and I would love to hear your feedback. Tell us what you thought of the podcast. It was fun for me. It was just a joy. But, you know, if you got any ideas on how to grow and scale your professional service firm or even your, your non-professional service firm, hit us up in the comments and Matt and I will reply back and answer and, and share ideas with you. But just engage with us in the, in the, in the comments. While you're at it, subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's show. So you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Matt. This was a pleasure. Thank you. That was fun. Thanks.